0: you beautiful bastards what is happening you beautiful bastards welcome back to another episode jerry what are we doing
1: this week we're doing a podcast episode yeah, and we're talking to this uh fine upstanding citizen named Nicholas Natali. This crazy. He's got, he is well, his story is crazy. His story kept, is uh, fucking crazy. When you when you hear the result, I can't say that I think he's crazy. He's a fucking genius. Uh, listen.
0: Yeah, he paid off all his debt, but he went to the extremes.
1: <laughs> all right, yeah. So there maybe there's some things that I would not have done, but I so here here's this, the basic premise here. This guy decided to live in a suburban, and this is recent. This is not something that happened like 20 years no, ago. No, this is actually he, way he more recent than I thought it was. He just got an apartment in the last six months. Yeah. So, uh, but it's a 1986 suburban, which is even worse than a new suburban. Um, but he decided that, uh, he's going to go to extreme lengths, live in his suburban to pay off his very large student debt, which yes. worked. He saw and his debt and freaked the fuck out. Exactly. And all sorts of shenanigans ensued, and you'll have to listen to find out what exactly this guy did and lived through.
2: Welcome to the show, Nick. How are you doing today? Doing fantastic. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Lovely.
1: I'm also fantastic. <laughs> Good. So you got you got a, got a pretty interesting story, Grizz, I'm sorry I cut you off. Just a uh, smarter one. I'm the smarter one, so it's my turn. (laughs) But uh, you got a pretty interesting story and one that I think not that many people, well, I can't say not that many people. There's a lot of people who don't have a house, Mm -hmm. Uh, but not that many people have been in your specific situation because you lived out of a vehicle for, what was that, three years?
2: Yeah, just about three years. It was a houseless, but not homeless. That's what I had to keep reminding myself. (laughs) It was still a home.
1: So does that mean that that decision was intentional?
2: It was. uh, So I went to school as one does. And I wasn't until my senior year where I finally checked how much I had in student loans, how much (laughs) debt was going to be remaining. And I thought I was doing a good job. And I apparently I did because I like through scholarships or whatever, half of it was completely paid for. I uh, graduated early to knock off that price. And I still saw the number of 60 (laughs) K And I was like, oh man, that is considerable. That's a large amount of money. Um, so the brainstorming began of what is the next best move that I can make to not have this for the rest of my life? So 60 yeah, K is low
0: too.
1: <laughs> yeah, 60 K is only half. So you had really your, your cost of tuition and everything was 120. So what, what was your major that cost that much money? And what was your school? I don't know if you can say that.
2: I can say that. I went to a private school, uh, Cal Baptist, and I got a degree in software engineering. And that was only for three years. So 120 for three years, it would have been 160, if not more. I think it was like 45,000 a year at the time, which is a shit ton of money. Absurd, absurdity.
1: Now, let Um, me ask you do you think you got a good deal?
2: That's dollar question. <laughs> I, I loved the experience. I really enjoyed it. And I think, you know, had I not gone through such a very expensive schooling, I would have never lived in a car. So for that, I'm grateful. But I know that's not, you know, that I think that's kind of ludicrous to expect anybody to have to live in a car in order to not have debt for the rest of their life. I would say, nor does anyone go into school thinking nah, I'm going to have to live in a car for
0: three years to pay this off.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that speaks to a bigger problem, but uh, you know, on a smaller scale, your story. What, what were you? What brought on this idea? Where you're just like one day thinking to yourself, my best course of action is to live in an SUV for three yeah. years. Yeah,
2: yeah, I was I was toying around with the idea, and I think I was inspired because there was this professional baseball player, Daniel Norris, in in his off season he would live in a van. And I was like, that's pretty cool. I bet I could probably pull that off. But honestly, I was like a little intimidated by that lifestyle. And then my sibling's dad like heard that I was considering this idea and like reached out to me and was like, Hey, I will give you this 1986 Chevy Suburban. If you're (laughs) legit going to live in it, like you have to promise (laughs) me, you're actually going to go through with this. And I felt my back was up against the wall at that point. And I was like, all right, I guess this is it. I had professors giving me like the old, like, will you speak with me after class? This is a terrible idea. Please don't do this to yourself. You know? And I was like, I have to, I'm sorry. I already shook his hand. And you know, this thing's parked outside. Um, and then from there, my brother and I went to battle putting this, turning this thing into a camper converter, which or converted into a camper and it's not what you see on Instagram. It's not like, it's not like a sprinter van. It's not like with the full kitchen, the full bed. I was hunched over, in a bed smaller than twin, a twin. And then it had like a little couch that could turn into another bed. It was, I loved it, but it was not, not glamorous. Was it the two door or the four door? <laughs> four door. Four all door. right. All right. Well, it makes a difference. <laughs> it does. Uh, it's about 12 feet long. I did have a sink, but the way the sink worked was I had two water jugs on top of it. And I drilled a hole through the top and just ciphered it down. So to turn on the water, I'd turn it and just gravity would go do its thing and spit it out straight onto the ground. It was...
1: That's the same water delivery system my uncle has in his campground up in Vermont. So perfect. It works. It works.
2: Yeah. What state were you in when you were doing this? I was in California. And I think like things get really dicey is as soon as I got out of college, I got a job with the DOD, the DOD and they were not stoked that I lived in a car at all because, you know, I had to get a security clearance. They like to know where you live. (laughs) They do. And the first day I got the job, I actually like went outside and I saw they brought bomb sniffing dogs to sniff my van out. (laughs) And that was my first taste of this is going to be a pretty (laughs) rough road for me moving forward. And it was, they, I'd never told anybody I lived in a, in a burb or anything like that. I was trying to keep it hush hush. But one day I had that, you know, that moment where the manager comes in and is like, Nick, we need to talk. And (laughs) they had launched a government investigation on me. So it got serious quick. Um, And it was in addition to I was living in a van, but the flip side was I was also working a crazy amount of hours, which you're not supposed to do in the government. You're supposed to work your 40, go home. I was working you know, 60 to 80 because uh, I really wanted to get out of debt. I was doing overtime and uh, they audited everything. My emails, my messages I sent, my work, my time cards, like left nothing unturned. And that was grueling. And I yeah, had a really, f- I had a finagle my way to get out of that one. It's tough.
1: How long did that investigation
2: take? That investigation took two weeks, but it happened at a really interesting time. So she was my ex-girlfriend at the time back together, you know, praise, praise, praise the Lord for that one. Um, but she went off to live study abroad and I get this random phone call saying, Hey, I have to leave my Toyota Corolla with you. And I give her, I live in a car. What do you want me to do with another car? (laughs) And so I concoct this plan where she just drops this car off and I'm like, all right, here's my move. I'm going to start taking this Toyota Corolla into work get these guys off my back a little bit, you know? (laughs) And so I moved into the Toyota Corolla for two months. The only thing I had was a towel for a pillow and I lived in it, slept in the back seat. But every day that I brought it into work, my manager, like I could see him peeking over at it, like, okay, like maybe some change happened. And I remember one day he said to me, he's like, you know, I don't know why everybody thinks you live in a car. How could you have two cars and live in a car? And I was like, (laughs) exactly, (laughs) impossible. And that's kind of how like, it, it lost its steam, that government investigation. So they,
0: it, the government investigation called off its shots because you had two vehicles?
2: <laughs> they, like, I guess they were going off perception, maybe. Like, they stopped seeing the burb, so out of sight, out of mind. But they, like, immediately lost interest in it. It was baffling to me, and I'm so happy it worked, but it was miserable. I, did they ever tell you the reason that it started? Yeah. Uh, so I was, I was posted on YouTube, like in social media, as you do, I was like, I got a new burp, you know, this is pretty sweet. And I guess somebody snitched like HR came around and was like, Hey, we got to, they actually said, we have a government employee who's a bum and is <laughs> leeching off of the government, just trying to steal money from the government so he can go travel in his van or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, that can't be the case. I'm here every day. When am I traveling? You know? like <laughs> I'm seen. working more
0: hours than the rest of you.
2: Yeah. I exactly. didn't know if it
0: had something to do with like your debt going down so fast because they look into mm-hmm. that stuff. They'll look into your finances.
2: It like, can be yeah. brutal. Yeah, it was brutal. So what do uh, you do for like a shower? Oh, yeah. Here we go. Oh, man. <laughs> I I went to the gym and I think I, I started getting a little risky. And this I probably haven't said publicly, but I'll say it. I'm, come on. This is the perfect place to do it. Of course. I started sneaking my way onto the base and staying on the base in the verb, which is like Camp Pendleton is the largest uh, Marine Corps training facility oh, were in on the country. <laughs> I was going for Pendleton. Um, well, the truck probably fit in in some places. <laughs> it did. I found an abandoned lot full of like old junk cars. And that's where I snuck, <laughs> snuck my way in. Turned out it was like some people were paying like 300 bucks just to keep their car there unbeknownst to me that's when you deploy (laughs) exactly those are the deployment lots but i showered in uh the gym showers in the first shower i ever had i never had the like bros in the locker room experience or anything like that so the first time i went to take a shower there was 40 dudes a whole platoon of naked guys squeezed in like back to (laughs) back in the showers and i was like there's no way i'm gonna do this for (laughs) my remaining years and then i did it it was awful.
0: <laughs> yeah. You got to get it used to those big shower rooms.
2: It's not fun. <laughs> yeah. One yeah, time. That's... i
1: Oh, go ahead. One time.
2: What? I was just saying it only happened once. I forgot my shower shoes once immediately got athlete's foot the one time oh, yeah. I forgot it. It was awful.
0: instantaneously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jerry and I have had to work with civilians and we've worked with the military. And when you tell a civilian bring shower shoes, first they look at you and say, what the hell is a shower shoe? But <laughs> when they finally realize that it is a flip-flop and you say, hey, bring them. We had a buddy come with us on a on a trip and he brings his shower shoes and he pulls them out and he, I guess he waited till the last minute and he let his girlfriend go pick them out and he had like pink flip-flops with like the feathers coming off of and everything. It's like, well, no one's stealing those. You'll be perfect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: those are just the ones you need. One time after I got athlete's foot... I forgot them. And I was like, I can't do this. And I had just purchased like scuba gear. So I was like, I'm flippering it. I don't care. I'll bring these into the gym. I'm wearing these. I'm not getting athlete's foot again. (laughs) I didn't get athlete's foot. So I guess it was worth it. I have a bad,
0: bad story. That's a mass shower. Uh, I was in Korea and with the, so we, same idea. There must've been like, I don't know, 30 shower heads and there's maybe 15 of us having a shower Nice, and got some space. Yeah. Well, thankfully. (laughs) And we had one guy who he almost, we'd be done with the day and we'd go to outside our tent and he'd be sitting there just waiting. And we're sitting there like, why aren't you taking a shower? Like Korea at times is awful. It's like a hundred degrees, super humid. Like you want to take a shower at the end of every day yeah so we're sitting there like why aren't you taking a shower man what's up and we found out uh this was at the time when uh, when uh homosexuals weren't allowed in the military Mm -hmm. and we found out that there was a guy who was a homosexual who was interested in him and would wait for him every day to go in the shower and because it was a mass shower he obviously would get to stare at him so this dude just wasn't taking showers for weeks it was fucked up oh my oh my gosh
2: (laughs) dang that is that's crazy. Ugh. That's
1: so messed up.
2: Oh, it's so bad. I take it he showered eventually, though. So that's reassuring to me. And so yeah, we so finally much.
0: made it so he could shower. It came down to some messed up stuff, but that's for another time.
2: You huddled around him. I got it. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> that's right. Yep. We made a dome for him. That's awesome. Uh, the other thing, and kind of similar to that, and I'm curious if you guys could. You know i'd be curious if you guys also would consider doing this together after i lived in the burb for about like eight months i got my best friend was waiting to get deployed because he's in the air force but he had like a year before he had to leave and i was like hey man i'll get you a job at the place that i'm working at and so i like gave him this makeshift interview of like hey do you think you'd be good at this job he's like yes perfect you're hired you know like I, for whatever reason they let me be in charge of hiring for like two months perfect timing and then he moved into the burb with me for the next year or yeah for about a year so now they got two of you in there there's two of us in there and we were both crammed together um do you guys think you two could live in a car together how long do you think you could last
0: listen jerry and i have cuddled next to each other sleeping before and that's not a lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh i believe it we, it wasn't out of choice, but
1: yeah, we've basically, uh, lived in a space that's like the bed of a Ford Ranger. Oh my gosh. Uh, for, yeah. So I, I think we could do it for, I could probably live that way for four months before I had to get out and just fucking start walking. four
0: months. Yeah. I don't know yeah. about that. Where was it? Both of us worked with submarines and we'd have to go under, underwater from time to time. And when you're under there, there's not a lot of room
1: and there's not enough beds for the amount of people. Oh, my gosh. Was yeah, so claustrophobic real. <laughs> a
2: real thing? Did you guys get claustrophobic at all? Because I'm curious about what it's like in a submarine. That seems like a crazy thing. I don't get experience.
1: claustrophobic, so uh, I don't have that issue. But I'd imagine some people would have a problem with it. We did have
0: one guy that would never, like, he had been there for a long time, and he would never, ever go under. Uh, <laughs> and I think it was just because he, he was either claustrophobic or he was scared of it or whatever. But it, it, the room doesn't change from when you're on top of the surface to when you're underwater.
2: Just the hatch is yeah. shut. That's crazy. What's going on in a submarine? you guys got like workout equipment in there too? How big are these things? Are they all yellow? I have to know. That seems probably like a bad question, but. Uh, the ones we work are with yellow. not yellow.
0: No. <laughs> got it. <laughs> they have workout gear, but there's not a lot of room to use it. And when we're on it, there's no room.
1: <laughs> yeah. We, we are not in the Navy. So we we go on the boat with the Navy, which means there's already too many people. Yeah. yeah. So really. Anything that is above and beyond what we were there for, there's no room for it at all.
2: Yeah. Dead. Man. It was ridiculous. It was a lot of Mon- fun, though. Months at a time, I take it? Or no. weeks at a
0: time?
2: I think the longest no, we did week. was about a week. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's But nuts. So we're
0: similar. But, I, dude, I got to imagine that's... That car
2: had to smell some awful. <laughs> I think we just got uh, used to it and we stopped inviting people over to it. You know, like that was our, that was our big thing. Just don't let anybody inside. Uh, don't, we don't want anybody seeing what's going on in here.
1: Oh, you you were inviting people over to hang out in your
2: oh, your yeah. car house too? Yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> it slept for comfortably. That was like our tagline. Like anybody was like, oh my gosh, you live in a car. And we'd be like, yeah, you want to try it out for a night? <laughs> Sleeps four comfortably. Come through because they always wanted to say, night. Yeah, yeah, if
1: you're gonna be in an SUV, I guess a suburban is the one to do.
2: Yeah. Oh, I'm considering I almost thought about putting it on Airbnb now that I'm out of it, you know, because people rip these things out. It wouldn't be the fantasy they've dreamed of, but it would be But that's like something. A lot of
0: a lot of people do that in California. I mean, I imagine they do it in other states, but I know California has the weather for it. But yeah. I think A, that's why their homeless numbers are so bad.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. But and you hear of it all the time. People get their memberships to like uh workout world or whatever it is, the, whatever the one that's like not even 10 bucks a month. And they just yeah. go take a shower there and they live out of their car. Yeah. It's like that's every, the way i do it. I'm
1: pro. So what, what did you think of, uh, you know, obviously living in a car by yourself is one thing. Mm-hmm. So this, your buddy moves in and now you got two people in a 12 foot space. Yep. Is that like, uh, was that stressful or did you just not give a shit?
2: I think, I think if it was with any other person, it would have been miserable, but he moved in and he also had student loans. So we like, were just on the same mindset and we so like, you guys were on the same mission. Yeah. Yeah. We play this game of who could spend the least on food for a week. And we like one time, I think I took the crown. I think I won this one completely. I bought a bag of a hundred fish sticks, microwavable fish sticks and I ate it over the course of three weeks and that's it. And his strategy was like, he was going to buy just edamame. And he tried to live off of edamame for a week. And it was always, that was always the biggest battle of who could spend the least. And I think the lowest I ever spent was like, I think the lowest I spent on food in a month was like 10 bucks. We would just like starve ourselves to save every penny we could. It was... Damn, man, how are you still living? Oh my gosh, we became malnourished. I think I started in the burb at like peak peak physique coming out of college right best nope. shape i'm ever gonna be in Well, probably probably around like 195 by the time i ended i was 170 like right around there and i was just just depleted socket eyes you know you've seen those <laughs> photos uh very we thin. probably
0: didn't help with work either they're like oh fuck now he's got a drug problem <laughs> <laughs> who hired this guy? yeah i was praying nobody would test me you know but no, it was a I'm curious if it would be cheaper to live out of the back of a suburban, spending ten bucks a month on food, or just go to a third world country.
2: <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it live like a king. Oh, yeah. <laughs> should have. That would have been exactly. a way. He'd, he'd have the biggest house. yeah Exactly. Yeah, you could have, have the biggest a fucking house in mansion for what that suburban cost. <laughs> That's so funny you mentioned that. We went to Thailand after we had paid off our debt, and I think we were thinking that the whole time, like we messed up. We're, we're having dollar meals on the street that are like filling us up for the whole day. Yep. We're like, we did this all backwards, everything yep. the wrong way. But that's a great hot take. I think, I think, you know what? Colleges should have a program where it's like, are you going <laughs> just net? send college students to third countries?
0: Oh God. The only problem is then you have to get a job over there. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. You only need <laughs> oh, a year or two.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's not too bad though. Um, so did anyone notice that you looked like you were uh, basically dying of cancer because you <laughs> oh weren't eating anything?
2: There, yeah, there's a point I shaved my head too. That's, man, you're hitting the <laughs> you're hitting it on the mark right now. It's uh, like I've been there before. <laughs> you might have in another in another life. I wouldn't put uh, it I don't them. think anybody noticed, but man, I got those questions all the time. Like, tell me about the burb, tell me about like, what's going on with it, tell me about and I was always deflecting the best I could. There was times like I would catch people that worked uh, with me, like looking inside of it, trying to see what was going on and trying to like get some dirt on whatever's happening. I think one of my favorite memories that was just really dumb is, so my friend, he came out of college and he became a second Lieutenant in the Air Force immediately or an officer i think that's how that works you guys tell yep. me am i off okay cool <laughs> and we he kept convincing me that parking on base was the way to go because it's safe because we i mean that neighboring town where the base is is like pretty sus pretty suspect yeah. there's
0: some usually <shitholes>.
2: Yeah, it's not well lit. People are walking around at night that I would not want to interact with. And so we did that for about a week because that's what I've been doing for a year. And he's like, dude, you should just go on base, man. Like, let's go for it. And so we stayed on base for about a week, like in front of some barracks because we're like, we'll blend in. No problem. And these two Marines walked up to us like this is probably at nighttime. I'm not wearing a shirt. He's wearing full office clothes we're not on the same, same wavelength. So it already looks weird. Like he met up with me for something, you know, I don't know. And so they knock on the burbs door and, uh, immediately my friend gets nervous. I've had a few knocks. So I'm a little more prepared at this point. Like I, you know, I feel like I could have handled it, but he was, he was like, dude, I'll answer. I come like, so excited to have my first knock, you know, I was like, all right, man. And he immediately gets nervous. And they're like, Hey, uh, are you guys living in your car? Yeah. Uh, no. And then the guy's like, yeah you are He's like, uh okay and the guy starts <laughs> like hassling him like i'm gonna need to see some id you know i'm gonna need to see what you guys are who you guys are and my homie pulls out the second lieutenant office card officer card and the guy goes oh well looks like you outrank me huh have a good day <laughs> <Just> <laughs> left. And i was like this is amazing stoked you're in here front base pass. is
0: definitely the way to do it man you can have a dilapidated cars sit there for years and no one's going to question it.
2: Nobody did question it. There was one time I had a run in with the uh marine the police. MPs? Yeah, the MPs military police. They were less stoked than those <laughs> those first guys that checked the car. Yeah, they this wouldn't was, be. <laughs> this is when I lived by myself and I had like I was I was worn out. I was exhausted at this point and I knew I shouldn't park here but I was like, dude, I'm just going to send it. It was Camp Pendleton has this really nice private beach area, like almost like a resort. I don't know if you guys have been there, but it's like beach front. And I'm like, nobody's here, but I'm just going to park here. I, you know, I've had enough. I'll wake up early and, you know, get out of here before anybody even knows. So I sleep there for the night and I wake up to another knock, a classic, wake up to a knock and I'm freaking out. I'm like, balls, you know, what is going on? And so I'm peeking out of the curtains and I'll, all I see is the military police ARs surrounding the burb on all sides and I'm freaking out. I don't know whether I should get out, whether I should stay in and I'm like laying low, dude, You're there's a pain in this car. That's how we connected it with, considering how, how loose they're holding their guns at me. <laughs> so how long, uh,
1: you said three years, right? Three years. Mm-hmm. And did it take you, is it three years because it took you that long to pay everything off?
2: I paid it off in 11 months. And then me and my friend just stockpiled some cash for the <laughs> remainder of it. Because <laughs> we started to like it. I think we got used to it. Yeah, this- I guess
1: you get used to the lifestyle. People, people, the human human beings can adapt to damn near anything.
2: Well, not to mention, where are you going to buy a house in California for anything? <laughs> That's true. Oh, my gosh. I, I say for those extra two years and I still, you know, I'm still looking at out-of-state properties, right?
1: So what what did you do like what kind of prompt did you get back out of it if you if you paid everything off in 11 months saved some money why didn't you just keep doing it how come you're not still there now
2: I think I think I probably finally recognized how poor my eating habits were and how uh. and how like awful, how awfully I was uh Taking care of myself. And then, two, the bird like can't drive very far. Like it was, you can go 15 miles at 40 miles per hour max. And I was like, uh, maybe I should get a place and maybe have a better form of transportation. I was going to say, you had to have like
0: car issues from time to time because I imagine you use your phone for an alarm. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yep. So you're charging it off the car or you're charging
2: it at work. Charging it off the car, and sometimes at work. Brush my teeth at work for sure. Trying, <laughs> pretty so much like, living at work without anybody knowing. All my foods in their fridge. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta imagine at some point your car had to, like, the battery had to die. Yeah, I so <sighs> yeah, the battery didn't die. We set up a a converter, a power converter, and we got a boat battery actually that ran straight <laughs> to the converter. And it's split. So the alternator will also charge the boat battery and the main battery, whatever happened was, or the thing that happened was there was this tiny little piece when you turn the key that pulls the thing. So you can like actually turn it to charge it or or sorry, start it. And like, man, the starter has gone out. Like it's a button start. Now it's duct tape to like straight to the starter. We, you know, sawed a hole in the very bottom. And when you drive it, just blasts the heat from the concrete straight onto you. It gets terrible. But I think the biggest one was, yeah, like turning the key, that little piece cost us like 450 bucks. And we were down for like four days and we took the whole steering wheel apart. Like we could not find this piece and we had to take it somewhere. Yeah, that was, that was bad. Thank you for reminding me of how miserable I was during that point. That's my job. Now, That's what I'm here to do. This
1: actually reminds me of, uh, be- before you, uh, hopped on here, uh, off air, Grizz and I were talking about uh, an episode we're going to be doing in the future, just about the homeless situation. Ooh. It's not really like, we're not really going to be talking to an expert, just kind of like our experiences interacting with that community and stuff like that. And, uh, it kind of, it's, I know your situation is a little bit different, but I can't help but be reminded of that, especially in California, when you have entire neighborhoods mm. that are just tents and people that are either homeless or houseless, because I'm sure some of them are doing it intentionally, not because they were forced that way.
2: Yeah. yeah. Did you run into in any cars. of these people? Yeah. I ran into a lot of those people. I mean, anytime I cooked on my tailgate, I immediately had an interaction with somebody who was homeless for better or for worse. You know, I enjoyed the conversation, yeah. but, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Cause all of those people are different. And I almost think like those that are not choosing to be homeless, of course, it's, it's a lot of times I've asked this question to other people, like, how do you solve the issue of homelessness? And people kind of say like, you know, there's, X amount of homeless individuals. And that means there's X amount of different mental issues going on with each of them. So it's like hard to identify a single solution for all of them. And that was kind of the case with everybody that I ran into. Like one guy was telling me he just saw Jesus, but he also like just interacted with three aliens before this. And I was was just like, all right, man, here's a muffin. I'm going to get back in my truck. You know, like (laughs) this other guy was telling me he like, you know, women only wanted him for his money, but he had to get back to his condo, but he had nowhere to live. Like just, it's just like, I don't, how do you, how do you solve it? What are your guys' thoughts on, you know, cause it is a real problem. I don't think you can. That's
1: a, that's a tough one. Yeah. I don't think that in this country, there's a solution that we can reach because Mm -hmm. we, you know, obviously we have some crazy number of, uh, vacant houses that are bank owned yeah. but the bank's not going to let anybody live there they they want their money Mm -hmm. and the government's not going to subsidize that because those people are probably not voting anyway yeah so they don't really have a path to any kind of success and of course our solution is to put spikes down where they could lay down or sit down so i don't think that anything is going to change there and i don't really think generally speaking that it's going to get any better I think it's just gonna continue
0: to stay the way it is. So California is gonna spend four point eight billion over two (gasps) years on homelessness. Dang. If you you can spend four point eight billion, so that's two point four a year and still not get anywhere, there's no solution. I mean, granted, I'm sure people are pocketing a shit ton of that money, which is fucked up on its own.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm sure half of that's gonna go into some executive's pocket. Oh, easily.
0: Um you know, I mean, I'd love to solve it. I'd love to be like, yep, here's your magic answer. I just don't think there's a possibility there, especially in a place where your housing costs are so just astronomical.
1: Yeah. And to be fair, from the other side, who doesn't want to buy the houses for anybody? uh, It's probably pretty reasonable to consider that most homeless people, you know, they're probably not necessarily down on their luck. They're they, they have mental issues, whatever that may be on whatever, on the spectrum. If you give them a house, they're probably going to lose it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, how do you fix that?
0: Well, the other problem, like I figure it's probably 50, 50, right? You 50% of them are like Nick over here and they're working to either pay off debt or whatever it is. Right. It's a maybe, mm-hmm. and it's, I'm sure it's at, off of that number. And then the other half, like you say, there's a mental illness there. The mental illness a lot of times, like, up, new, so we're in New England, so it mm-hmm. gets gets fucking cold. Real cold. Yeah. Like, you can't live outside cold. Mm-hmm. We still have tent cities. We also have, um, when it gets really, really cold, you'll see the hospitals fill up. Because they'll just go mm-hmm. in hospitals, claiming churches, some sort yeah. of. Any, anywhere they know.
1: can go. And. Now, I, I, go ahead, Chris. I was, I mean, no, you I can go. I, I've met, because I travel a lot. Uh, just because I like to travel. And so I've met a a lot of homeless people, not just like, you know, they ask me for money and I tell them to go away. I mean, (laughs) like a lot of times I'll stop and talk to them because uh, I like people. I like to hear their story. And most of the time I walk away, you know, I I never really know, but getting the strong impression that mentally there was an issue. Yeah. They're not just somebody who uh, had a bad run and they're living on the street until they sort it out. They're on the street because they aren't really capable of fully functioning in society the way they would need to to prosper in this this country.
0: Yeah, I have so, a feeling that's be, more up here than you would probably have down in California, though. Like if you're deciding yeah, California's to be homeless a different story. yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, so I, I can't speak to California because I've actually never been there. I've never talked to homeless people in California, but everywhere else that I've been, you know. I don't think that that's the kind of person who you can just give them a house and help them learn how to do a job and they'll be all set. That's a lot more involved than that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think mental illness is probably a huge proponent of it. Um, I think you have an interesting point about California too. Somebody was just telling me that Arizona's plan for the homeless population is to just ship them to California because we'll take care of them when it gets blazing hot. And I'm like... Yeah. I'm happy to do that. New York for you does the guys. same thing.
1: They send them to Florida.
2: Oh my gosh. That's crazy. It's just <laughs> passing them along. It's not solving any real issues. But like I, I bet you like for those people that are that are down on their luck, I'm sure there's a handful. Like maybe there's programs I don't know about. You know, maybe they need to be better advertised. Like a because most of the time, like I've, I've heard them say like, I can't get cleaned up for an interview. I can't look good for an interview. You know, there's no places that are going to like let me borrow a suit for free while I go do this, or even like resume checking, proofing. Like a lot of people don't even have, you know, resume building skills or abilities or what it's supposed to look like. I think that's, and they, don't a, I mean, have, they don't even have a computer. Yeah. They don't have a computer I have to go to the public library that's still running like, you know, AOL is their default for everything, you know, this (laughs) Internet Explorer six. But like how how bad are the shelters if
0: people are more willing to either spend a night in the hospital, which I can understand spending a night in the hospital. Right. Yeah. But a lot of times the hospitals look and be like, listen, you don't have an actual issue. We can't check you in overnight if you don't have an issue knowing they're homeless but Mm -hmm. we'll point you at a shelter and they don't want to go to the shelter. They'd rather literally be outside than go to the shelter. So how fucked up are the shelters? Mm. I mean, is it just a shit ton of people?
2: Could be, or they're probably afraid they're going to get their stuff stolen. I bet it's lawless in there. It's probably, it's probably crazy. You know, like I'm
0: sure it is. None of them are bidding on the, uh, the horses that we were talking about beforehand.
2: (laughs) Yeah. No (laughs) NFT horse (laughs) racing whatsoever. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it is a scary, uh, problem. And it's, it's a tough one. Cause I was thinking about that the other day. So something I was trying to do recently, now we're brainstorming because I was trying to think exactly what you guys are talking about. What's the best way that I can help. I was like, maybe I'll dedicate like three or four hours of my time. I'll go out there, pass out sandwiches, like just make a connection with these people, build a relationship. So at least they know, you know, they're important. They're valuable to me, but that doesn't solve, I guess it solves like a human issue of like feeling wanted and needed. But at the same time, it doesn't solve the survival hierarchy that we have of like having shelter and a place to call home. So now, I don't know stuff. Did you did you spend your whole three years on Pendleton? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's hard to say. Uh, it was in and out. I definitely stayed there quite a bit, though. That's where I worked at. So yeah.
0: Because I gotta imagine there are place there are parts of California where you have the uh, like the commuter parking lots that are literally mm-hmm. just taken up with vehicles that are people are living in
2: yeah there's a there's a lot it you know that's funny i had a, a poor experience with the church and i i am a christian so i'm about i'm about that life but i like told this church because i just moved down to fallbrook and i was like hey like i'm living in my car can i like park here sometimes and they're like why don't you go park on the side of the five where the semi trucks go. And I'm like, you have a great point, but that's not what I was anticipating your answer being. (laughs) It's a very logical answer to what I was asking for. (laughs) But to your point, there are good spots to park.
1: So how long has it been now since you stopped living in it?
2: You you live in an apartment now, right? I do. I just moved in here uh, in February. So it's, it's, this is all very new. Indoor dog life has been an interesting adjustment. I actually think, something that I maybe lack now that I do have a place is before when I went to bed, like in the burb, I'd be so grateful that I had a place to sleep. So grateful that I like slept through the night safely. And I would, if somebody let me stay at their place, like for a day or a night, I remember feeling like beyond appreciative that they would open their home for me, allow me to sleep on their air mattress because it felt so nice. Like it felt way better than what I was <laughs> experiencing. And I've lost that already. Like I sleep in my bed and I'm like, all right, I'm going to sleep in my bed and wake up and have a cup of coffee. Like no big deal. But before that so was you're a, saying
1: February is when you started when basically when you stopped living in it.
2: Uh, there was a few months where I like lived with my girlfriend for a little bit for like January, February. And then the move completely into indoor was February. I had a hybrid situation for a month or two. Adjust. You it's know? crazy
1: how quick you lose that, right? Because you go basically from living as primitive as you can in our society to back to business as usual. And all of a sudden, you know, you're back to normal. Yeah. I, but
0: I got to imagine you still have, even it like, all right, yeah, you've gotten used to it, but you still go back to it at times. And you're sitting there like, man, two years ago or a year ago, or however long I was sleeping in the back of a car. man, I got a hell of a lot better. Like, you never, you,
2: you're never going to sit there and be like, God, this sucks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. I, I do. I do have a lot bigger sense of contentment. And I think it's something that I reflect on a lot too, is like, there's, there's a switch in our minds when it comes to like, I will not stop until I accomplish this thing. Like there is no way that I'm stopping. I am, this is it for me. Like I like, that's how it was for my dad. I was like. Even when the government investigation went down, my family and friends were like "Move into an apartment, and I was like the f- the switch has been flipped. You don't get it. I'm <laughs> this not moving the hell out I'm of gonna this die thing. on, <laughs> yeah, I will die before i there's times I was like it's so hot in here I might die, you know like i
0: <laughs> that was will my die other before question. before I got I gotta, I gotta go. imagine you lost water weight bad at night sometimes <laughs> <laughs> July, August, oh, the worst." <laughs> I wouldn't even have slept in the car. Although I don't know, it might have been hotter outside. I think there's a lot
1: of people who, uh, maybe they're missing that kind of drive. Mm-hmm. You know, especially especially growing up in America, if they, you know, had a halfway decent upbringing. Yeah, they, you know, they they're not going to have that drive. Most of them, I and mean, I know a lot of people who are super complacent about almost everything. And for me, that's I can't even I can't fathom that kind of thought process. You know?
0: I think everyone granted this would add to the problem of debt but mm-hmm. everyone especially if you whether you're going to college or not should make it a thing to go to a third world country and mm. see how it is and then come mm. back and see how much you bitch yeah <laughs> cuz i bet it won't be that bad like dude the first time i saw that like a four year old kid making money to support his family like that hits you yeah <laughs> sitting there like this is fucked up and when you see 25 of those kids that hits you even worse like mm-hmm. we the the
2: things we have to
0: bitch about in this country are nothing
2: <laughs> luxuries really that's oh, that's really what it comes 100%. down to and I, i'm always like man it's so nice that you get to complain about that right oh like, absolutely good for us that that's that's even on that's our, list our complaints. complaints exactly <laughs> their complaints are i might die because i'm starving <laughs>
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I can live with my problems. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what, what is it you're working on these days? You know, you, you've moved on from the burb life. Do you actually, do you still have it?
2: I still have it. Yeah. I can't get rid of it yet. <laughs> I can't. I'm still too sentimental. <laughs> you're going to fix the starter. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to show her the love that I couldn't treat her before.
1: You know, you, you should just fully restore it. Just have someone rebuild it. From the ground up. I want to keep it forever.
2: The, the reason it only went 40 miles per hour is because the transmission was pretty much blown the whole time. But we went for it. <laughs> I mean, it's a Chevy. That's not shocking.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what they do. But uh, what, what are you doing now? What's your big goal?
2: Man, I so I just quit. <laughs> I just quit three weeks ago from that same job. Um, now I full time. I have a podcast and I just created a course. To, it's actually a course for people to get out of debt because I felt like there was no personal finance preparation for me whatsoever so right. I built an online course where it's like here's a through Z everything I was forced to learn about how to manage your money to you know build wealth for the long term do
1: you recommend in your course? Moving into your car?
2: That's the first thing I say. It's actually lesson one. <laughs> all right.
0: First thing, sell everything you got except for your car. Get <laughs> yeah. your back.
2: It's all you're going to need. If you can find an 86 Suburban, you're, you're in even better shape. But-
1: well, I, I like the idea that you have come back from 60K in debt, which is probably pretty average now, to where you are now. So from that perspective, what, what are the core principles that you you'd like to tell people?
2: Oh, to get out of debt, uh, one just stop spending more than you make. That's that's an easy no-brainer well, to one. <laughs> me. Yeah, it's an easy one, but nobody seems to ever like want to do it. Uh, yeah, it's it's tough to give up all that cool stuff, you know. Exactly, and I think like for me, the the biggest thing is like just identify your necessities. What are the things you need? Not the things you want, not the things you like Mm -hmm. to have, not the things you want to purchase, just food, housing, maybe a phone. You know, I would even say phones, maybe not even necessity if you want to go super extreme. Right. Just go go as low as you can go for as long as you can pay it off as quickly as you can, because then you got options right? Then you have the freedom to move. I think, you know, it, myself included, I felt stuck in my job and I didn't, I didn't enjoy that job all the time. And I'm sure many people can relate, but being debt-free gives me room now where I'm not like, okay, I built an emergency fund and now I can play how I want to play. You know, this life is now back in my hands. So that's a, that's a big thing too. build an emergency fund. So if something happens yeah, a lot to you, of people
0: don't have that. It's or if like, they did, it's
2: gone this year. Yeah, it's a great point, point. and I think I think is over fifty percent of Americans can't afford a five hundred dollar emergency, and that is terrifying to me because yeah. you know you should be able to save for that at least well, a month. Not to mention worth. nowadays, what's a what's a five hundred dollar emergency? Nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, Dude, you lose? If I lose one tire on my truck, it's two hundred and fifty bucks. Like, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And if it's
1: low enough, they won't replace just one. They want you to do at least
0: two. Or in most cars now, I don't know, maybe not in California, but by us, everything's four wheel drive or all wheel drive. You Mm got to replace all four. So you're looking at a grand. Yep. Like mm -hmm. almost nothing is a $500 emergency anymore.
1: I would say though, I, I, I know everyone is responsible for their own actions and we're actually big on that on the show, but this is like a super American issue. Because we're a consumerist society. Yeah. Right? That's basically what we operate on. Mm-hmm. You know, not only do we buy everything, but that's how we, we base our entire society. Mm-hmm. And so all these corporations, their main intention is to get you to spend money. And they know exactly how to attack that vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And they know how to get you to spend the money. And that's that's a big part of the issue. So... Anybody out there who's got these problems, stop spending your money, but also stay off the internet. It's a dangerous place.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And we're advertised to hundreds, if not thousands of times a day. And the thing that I, so recently I started, I also like to do some acting on the side. It's my side hustles. I've gotten into like doing commercials for marketing agencies. And when I read these scripts, I'm shocked sometimes. Like literally I'm like, this is like almost preying on people's emotional oh, strings like you need to this. feel like a good person so you need this thing like are you feeling like don't you want to be happy wouldn't it be great hmm. if you were a happy person what if you just had this watch that told you you're happy now it's like oh it's like it's all borderline manipulative it's to your point it's yeah staying off the internet's a good advice, unless you're listening to this it podcast. Create,
1: creates that. Yeah. This podcast and yours. So that that creates that dopamine addiction, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're well aware of this, but you, you know, life is shit. It it doesn't matter really what country you're in. The only thing that changes is the level of difficulty. Mm. So, you know, you want to buy that new watch and you feel good for a couple of days, your problems are solved for those two days. Yeah. Then they come back Mm -hmm. Then you got to do it again. Mm -hmm. And you just keep going down this cycle until, you know, you're just a regular American got too much money going out and not enough coming in. Yeah. Then you got to talk to people like you.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to say, what are you doing? Come on, get it together. <laughs> but that's a, that's a good point. Cause I mean, credit cards are almost built the same way. Like, Hey, do you want, do you want to spend a little extra to feel better? We'll give yeah. you some extra cheddar. If do you, you want you pay to pay us. double for that item? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you really got to have this thing.
0: Let's play double. But I think yeah. more than that, all of this says something about how much colleges are charging.
1: Ugh. Like yeah, they do, right? Yeah. Dude.
0: One semester or not even so we'll say one year. A lot of places you're looking at 40 grand in debt. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And on top of that of control. It wasn't that long ago. I want to say it was 1969, 1970, school was free. College was free. Mm. Mm. And it, I think that year the government um, made it to where they started charging money. And since then, it's blown up. So in the, the in the course of 50 years, we've gone from free college education to putting people in literally crippling debt. Yeah.
1: You know what's crazy is, you think about the, the public mentality in that same transition. Mm-hmm. We had free education and has slowly skyrocketed until actually the last... 10, 20 years, it's rapidly skyrocketed. But then the mentality now when people are saying it should be free is you don't deserve that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's so confusing to me looking at how all these sides are viewing the same situation and taking something totally different away from it. I think because you know, corporate America has standardized higher education as the bottom, mm-hmm. you know, it's, the, it's the new lower, lower rung of the ladder. If you're going to put that on everybody, where a bachelor's degree is almost required, that should change the dynamic.
0: Yeah, you're saying that a bachelor's degree, uh, a bachelor's degree, or an associate's degree.
1: There's a lot of jobs now that uh, typically didn't require any degree. Yeah, and now it needs a bachelor's degree for anywhere from fifteen to twenty-five an hour, which doesn't make any mathematical sense. No, it doesn't yeah. at all.
0: Especially when they're they're talking about a fifteen-dollar
1: minimum wage. If they're going to change the standard for work, they need to change the standard for education. I don't I don't I can't say that, you know, a four year degree should be free for everybody. But the, at the very least, an associate's degree should now be included in public education. That's my opinion.
0: Mm. That's
2: I mean, I think
0: community colleges, there should be no reason that you couldn't that couldn't be free college to where people like so anyone could get an education. Right. It absolutely mm-hmm. should be. But. I mean universities, if they want to charge astronomical prices, they're just going to become the next big thing that you have to have you know and but it's hilarious I mean Jerry and all Jerry and I will watch the uh job applications and what their requirements are and he's, he's right. you'll see things like you need you need to have your bachelor's, you need to have five years experience, which you probably don't have yeah. And on top of that, what they're paying is crap and it's like, wait, why would I want to pay almost two hundred thousand dollars? to make what might well be the minimum wage
2: in a few years. It doesn't make any damn sense. Yeah, it's tough. It's definitely tough for those degrees, too, that we know will not. Like, there's just jobs that will never have that compensation to ever get out of that type of debt without having to switch gears at some point or work two jobs. Marine biology, history. It's too bad because,
1: you know, liberal arts degrees catch a lot of shit from people because, In the corporate world, yeah, maybe it's a useless degree. But I would argue, as a society, we need artists.
2: Oh, 100%. And it's
1: it's kind of fucked up to make them pay $200,000 when they're well aware they're not going to make that. They're Mm -hmm. not going to be able to pay for that. No, never. Mm -hmm.
0: But then again, do we really need them to go to school?
1: Yes and no. I'd say it depends on the artist. I mean, not everyone's Picasso. Some people have to work much harder than that. Yeah, but nowadays, hell,
0: I... My, my wife's in, in college right now. And what's hilarious is it's a lot of younger people than her. She's about my age. And all of them, like, if you, if she's having trouble with one of her classes, all of them are just like, either a cheat or go on YouTube. And it's like, mm-hmm. wait a minute. So you're learning better. Like right now, one of her instructors is completely useless. And that's coming from me. And mm-hmm. it's like, we're, you're learning. So not only are you paying stupid amounts, the teachers didn't even give a shit. So you're going to YouTube. That's that's where we're going for education. This is good. This is good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you have to have that piece of paper though. Come on. You know. But you, you got don't. to put it down. Jerry and I are
0: perfect examples. Neither of us have a college degree. Yet we make more money than most college uh, people with college degrees. Maybe not all of them. And it's like Yeah. So instead of getting all that debt, we went straight into the workforce and we just showed that we work our asses off and we have a brain. Yeah, and we were. We've worked alongside people with college degrees who
2: make less than us. And we're like, this doesn't make any sense. How did this work out? That's awesome. And I, I mean, to your point as well, though, you guys are the anomalies in the sense of like you're willing to work hard. You're willing to learn as quickly as you can. You're willing to mm-hmm. make the yeah. sacrifices that it takes wow. to be the ones that do deserve to make more than the people with college degrees. Because I think in some cases there are many people that view college as an easy route. <laughs> Right. This guarantees me something on the other side, which isn't always true, but it probably gives you like, like we said, that baseline, give me that baseline model once I'm out. Right. And I'll coast from there. Which right now you have a huge problem of people not wanting to work or not wanting to do anything. But yeah, that's that's wild. Have you guys seen the, I've been, give me your hot takes on this. Have you guys seen this? This is in San Francisco. The there's a shoplifting epidemic. Have you guys seen that going on? It is insane. Like 17 Walgreens have shut down simply from shoplifting. I think three targets now have shut down from shoplifting. And there's like an artist
0: store shut down from shoplifting.
2: They're they're losing losing so much much
0: merchandise (laughs) that
2: they're not making. Like they're they're losing more than they're making. That's ridiculous. And there's like an, there's an article with an interview of like somebody that's like, all about the shoplifting, right? And Mm -hmm. like one of their quotes is something along the lines of like, these corporations didn't help us during the pandemic. So we're stealing everything, taking them, getting it back from them. And I'm like, man, stealing is stealing is still stealing. And I'm not sure how Walgreens, you know, would have helped you as an individual, but (laughs) it it is, it blows my mind. That's scary. That stuff's scary to me. Well, it's
0: weird. Right now, whether you want to believe it or not, it's some interesting times. Like, the world is on fire, and it's not getting Mm -hmm. better. And you're seeing some interesting things. And last year, with all the Black Lives Matter protests, and it was a lot of us were having the conversations, when is there going to be a point where you're not going to see things like a Walgreens, a Target, a Walmart, or anything like that anywhere near a city center? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, because their insurance is either going to be astronomical, Cause you have things like they're getting burned down or they're getting looted <laughs> so bad that they literally have nothing left or they're people are just outright shoplifting so bad that they have to close. Yeah. So there, there's gotta be a point where they're like, yep, nope, we're good. We'll see you later. Yeah. Just like, uh. just like the cops in, uh, where was that? Uh, Portland. They're mm-hmm. like, Hey, we need people to do this uh, task force. And they're like, get bent. <laughs> <laughs> You know? Yeah,
1: there's actually a lot of police departments right now that not only are the police not willing to do things that put them in a situation that'll end up on the news, they can't even find someone to fill the positions mm-hmm. with the police force. But yeah. can you blame I can't them? really blame them. I mean, no matter what color you are, being a cop right now is Tough a pretty job. sketchy job. Is More so than it ever has been.
0: Mm. But so on that same note, these corporations aren't going to have... Uh, you know, buildings within cities—it's just not going to happen. I mean, granted, maybe that stuff's happening outside of the city too, but I don't think so.
2: It'd be hard pressed to find it, I would imagine. I don't think like rural Ohio is having their three town cities going out to Walgreens and <laughs> shoplifting everything <laughs> just in the store. Swarmed. What Your the hell are about? we
0: stealing from Walgreens that shuts them down? That's what I want to know. <laughs>
2: cotton swabs. we <laughs> just pouring cotton swabs into my cart. What do they have you in there it, that's that you know expensive?
1: Chris. It's cough syrup and condoms. Uh,
2: oh, yeah. The cough syrup
0: yeah. fine. Are condoms that expensive?
1: I, d- I guess it depends on your size. Yeah, mm, that's true. <laughs> Extra small is hard to find. I'm not gonna lie. Just
0: you kidding. go into the stores, just, it's, all the smalls are left there. Everything else is gone.
2: We had to close. I'm sorry. We're closing out. Walgreens done for. Her. I'm curious, you guys, take on this is another topic I'm interested in. And you mentioned like the dopamine kick from spending, right? When people right. spend. I almost feel the dopamine kick that everybody's experiencing every time they touch their phone is the new wave of addiction without a doubt oh in my mind.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, did you have a phone? You had, you had a smartphone when you were in the burb or no?
2: Oh, of course.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh. Survival. Well, you can't live without right it. Yeah. yeah.
0: But that's <laughs> the thing. you, What's the longest you've gone without a smartphone since they were invented?
2: Wow. Social media, <laughs> different story. Social media have gone... I do thirty day breaks sometimes, but the whole phone itself, yeah, not not since I've had one. You know, I've always had one.
0: I went for a while. I don't know how long it was. I know it was a while. It was like maybe two years.
1: Whoa! No, since I adopted the phone, because I, I when iPhone came out in two thousand eight, I think or mm-hmm. seven or eight, I did. I refused to get a smartphone, uh, and I didn't get one until two thousand. The end of two thousand twelve, and ever since then, um. I understand the appeal, mm-hmm. but I'm not getting rid of it. I'm keeping it. You, but that's wait, the thing, like.
2: You, you do have a smartphone or you
1: don't? He does. I do now. I oh, got okay, it at okay. the end of 2012. Don't but let I, him I, lie I, to you. I will, not, I will not give it up now because I, I don't really do much social media. I'm not a big fan of it because I I don't know. Maybe I'm just more not, less receptive, but I don't want to fall for that bullshit with the social media because I've seen people get all kinds of emotionally fucked up from that. And they don't even realize it's happening, mm. but I just love having in the palm of my hand, the answer to every question I could ever ask. And yeah, I got to filter through a lot of bullshit, but it's there, but
0: yeah. that's a thing nowadays. Right. So I don't, Nick, how old are you? 25, 25. So you're young in comparison to me. I remember a point where like, I, I had a pager when I was in high school. Like it just, you know what I mean? You weren't constantly checking your pager. You weren't sitting there like Oh, oh shit. All right. bum. I mean, nowadays there's absolutely, if you watch a group of people, I guarantee there's going to be moments where each one of them picks up their phone in a 10 minute period. Like hundred oh, percent. Mm-hmm. And I may not be the only one that with this, have you ever had that? Do you keep your phone in your pocket, your pants pocket? Uh, Either of you? I, Oof. I, yeah, I, I usually do. So have you ever had that phantom vibration? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, my me, phone went my, off. My,
1: my addiction, my addiction's kicking in. Wait a minute. <laughs> no, it didn't. What the hell was that?
0: That's your, yeah. that's your body just being like, Oh, I'm going to fuck with you a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've actually seen, uh... exactly. It's, it's absolutely a thing.
1: <laughs> so there, you know, I, like I said earlier, I do a lot of traveling and uh, I actually go to New York city fairly often. I love going to New York nice. and I go down into the subway Every single time, I took a picture of it once, but every single time I walk down to the platform where the, the subway stops. And whichever direction you look, it, there's people lined up on the wall. You know, So you got, I think, a 10 or 12-foot uh, platform. People are backed up to the wall, almost single file facing the opening with their head down like this, looking at their phone. Every single one. And I've actually taken a picture going down the whole row, and nobody even looked up and noticed that I was taking their picture of them in their addiction it was the craziest thing it's like something out of uh, out of like the twilight zone i it's actually crazy. wonder
0: if we're gonna have like health issues from having our necks creaked mm. like that definitely all the
1: time. definitely there's no way we can't
2: 100 i also think uh like same with the headphone stuff like we all listen to music much louder my new strategy with the cell phone though is if i'm at home i try to use it like a home phone Like I keep it in one spot. And if somebody calls, somebody texts, I have to stand up, walk over, use it. (laughs) Otherwise, I'm going to like keep reaching for it. And I think the same thing for my sleep pattern that's changed the game for me. And I started this recently is I don't sleep with it anymore. I have it in another room and I use an alarm clock and I sleep way better. Not to say I was sleeping bad before, but like I'm not scrolling for an hour before I go to bed anymore. You know? (laughs)
1: I was actually thinking about trying that, too, because I I have that issue, of course, where I I look something up on my phone. Next thing I know, it's been 45 minutes. Mm
0: -hmm. I have that thing where my screen goes to uh, like black and white at a certain time. So it basically is telling me, hey, fuckhead, go to bed.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You've had enough, sir. It's time (laughs) to stop.
0: When you were sleeping in the burb, how
2: many hours did you get a night? Ooh, Ooh, (laughs) great question. Not enough, not enough at all. And I think that's probably one of the biggest like contributors to the exhaustion, no sleep and no food. I was running off of fumes 24 seven. I think I may have started to find my groove. Like, you know, maybe once the other, my friend moved in, I probably felt less on edge all the time because when I first started, I was parking in sketchy spots. I didn't know better. You know, I was parked in like this dark foresty area where I was like, this is nice and dark, maybe I'll sleep fine. And then lo and behold, some weirdo pulls up behind me and then like stands next to my driver's side for 30 minutes and then sprints into the forest. And I was like, that was traumatizing. I am sleeping in Walmart parking (laughs) lots from here on out. So I'm going to get once- raped
0: tonight. It's going to be bad.
2: <laughs> the only thing I had for protection was a police baton that was a given to me as a gift like years ago. And I'm like, what am I going to do with this baton? I have no formal training in baton fighting, right? So I think I, think I started to sleep like six hours once I found like better places to sleep because you can't go to sleep until the world around you, around you kind of falls asleep too.
1: Yeah, especially if you live anywhere that's even remotely urban it's it's loud it's, it's and, real
2: loud
0: yeah and if you're li- and if you're on Pendleton they make noise at all sorts of nights
2: <laughs> they have <laughs> s- stuff shooting all night they do night tests yeah. they test ammo yep. at night just like rockets shooting off javelin missiles exploding yep. all night long one time this <laughs> I was trying to go to sleep and all I heard was two drunk marines being like I'm gonna take a whiz behind this truck and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, how did you find this truck to choose? You know, well, I remember getting else.
0: woken up Saturday mornings by artillery and just being like, really? What asshole scheduled artillery at like fucking five thirty in the morning? <laughs> oh,
1: terrifying. An yeah. asshole yeah. who was in charge. That's Oh,
0: a- uh, I mean, if yeah. you were up at that time, you would have done it, too. You'd be like, fuck it. Yeah. I yeah. wake all them up. <laughs> so I got to imagine, especially in the beginning, when you're you're a little bit more leery you're, you're probably a little bit more paranoid. Mm-hmm. It's hot as balls. You'd want mm-hmm. to open the windows, but you're not because you don't want someone fucking <laughs> with you while you're sleeping.
2: Yes. Like
0: there's so many aspects to this that would just make for an awful night's sleep, which then just makes your next net. Like, and it it's a buildup too. Like if you've mm-hmm. ever gone a long time with shitty sleep, it's like you, your brain stops working
2: really well, especially if you're not eating well too. Mm hmm. Yeah. I like can hardly write, could hardly write, could hardly like form complete sentences that were like remotely in the same context or whatever the conversation was. I'm just like out of the blue popping in and out of focus of what they're saying. Yeah, And I, I had a rule. I wouldn't go on my phone at night or anything that had a light. All lights were off when I was, inside the room at night because i was like what if somebody sees what if somebody sees this light you know they're gonna come up to me and be like are you sleeping in your car sir get out of the car and i'm like i'm not risking it not that it's illegal to
0: sleep in your car but it's I wouldn't want the I wouldn't be want to be that guy where you're sleeping in your car, you got the windows down because it's hot as balls. And next thing you know, there's yeah. someone in your car next to you. You're just like what?
2: <laughs> yeah. Somebody else looking for a place to sleep. And I'm just like, all right, you're crashing here for the night? Okay. Okay, yeah. I guess we're gonna Hey doing man, it. I'm
0: just gonna cut it up with you.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm now did this bit.
1: adventure, uh did this adventure in your your burb have anything to do with you deciding to start a podcast?
2: Oh wow. Uh I think to some degree, I think something that I did enjoy was like those conversations with the random people that would come up when I was cooking outside and just hearing stories that I would never have the opportunity otherwise to have heard. And I think that's like the beauty of podcasting, right? You, you get to hear these stories and other people get to hear these stories that you usually wouldn't run into, or you wouldn't have the chance to.
1: That experience for a lot of people is really life-changing and most people don't have it because you know, they're, everybody's uncomfortable talking to strangers, right? So mm-hmm. nobody wants to engage with someone they're sitting next to on the subway or anything like that. Yeah. Where I, I used to be like that when I was younger. Now I'll just talk to whoever I'm next to cause I'm bored and it's usually <laughs> a pretty good conversation. Well, I
0: think yeah. a lot of people think that they don't have a story, right? Mm. But Literally everyone does. It's just what it is. And you know what I mean? So if you talk, especially with the homeless, like if you're talking to the homeless, that like you can get some fucking crazy stories, um, yeah. you know, unfortunately now we're having less and less of the, uh, Vietnam veterans who are homeless just because either, you know, they're dying off or getting to a point where they're, they're less, but dude, I've talked to a couple of them
2: and their stories are just out of this world. I'm happy you brought up like people don't believe they have a story. Cause like, as soon as I paid off my debt, 60K at 11 months. I didn't tell anybody for a week and a half because I thought nobody would care. Nobody no, would think awesome. it's a big deal. That's, that's what I came to find after I told people, but I was like, I thought it was nothing. I was like, nobody's going to care about this. So I'm going to keep this story to myself. Wasn't even telling people. I was like, in the burb, very much like it, and I think that's just such a <laughs> I had like an identity crisis after I lost like purpose. You know, like this purpose depleted from me because <laughs> I was I no longer no longer chasing the sixty k. But I think that's like such a great point that you know there are people like us that love stories that need to hear stories to be inspired. And going back to those people that you talk about, artists and being creative, they need those stories as well. So it's like tell your story, get it out there. Absolutely. And I guarantee there are a lot of people who actually want to
0: hear it and will find it interesting. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Go, go through Amazon's uh, self-published books. I can promise you every story, no matter how boring you think it is, someone wants to hear it.
2: Yeah. That's the biggest, that's the biggest thing too is believing it for yourself too. Right? Like I, I think I, without other people telling me like, You know, like I knew it was like an interesting thing that I had done, but until other people are like, wow, you should talk about this more. (laughs) You know, it's like (laughs) you should believe that what you have to offer is enough, you know, quote unquote, that whatever it has that you bring to the table is enough to you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I
0: also find it interesting in life. We go through life and through different periods. We have moments where you know, we have things that we're embarrassed about or we find that we, you know, we don't want to tell people about like, so you in the vehicle in the beginning didn't want to tell anyone, right. Mm. You didn't want Mm -hmm. your work to know, but now you've come to terms with it and realized, was it really that bad? And there are a lot more people like you. Mm -hmm. And there's so many people out there. I think they're the only ones doing something and they're ashamed that they're the only ones like that. When truth be told, there's a shit ton of everyone out there and you're not, you're, You have more people like you than you think.
2: I was going to say, I think the thing I was most upset about was how, picture perfect, all the van lifers started to become on Instagram. Like how wonderful it is living in a van. And I'm like, there's struggles to this and people are idolizing this lifestyle. And like, I know I don't have the best setup, but I guarantee you experience similar struggles with this van life that you're just not telling people. And I always thought that was messed up. Is there anything on Instagram that's actually like, real though oh great
0: point i don't don't do it like all i see is that it's all bullshit that's all i see (laughs) yeah people just putting up fake fronts and i like how many of those van lifers
2: actually live in a van Uh, another great point they just do a photo shoot honestly i believe that's true too Like back to the, back to the marketing, everything is placebo and fake. So why not rent a camper van for 25 bucks for an hour, do cool photo shoots once a week. And then, well, I mean, for what they're making, they, they could probably buy it. And, but
0: dude, I live in a house and cleaning it is a nightmare. I got to imagine keeping a fucking van is even worse. Mm. Although I guess you have less square footage. So
2: it might, maybe it's not. Yeah, definitely with the smell.
1: It's it's not necessarily all Instagram, though. Cause yeah, Instagram is all about uh, the fake photos. But let's talk about YouTube for a second. Ooh. That's all bullshit. Oh. YouTube, YouTube is a special animal. We actually just recently got onto YouTube and we're trying to get that rolling. So nice. that's that's another, that's another story. But YouTube is the perfect example of what is essentially what you call a boring story. Someone wants to see it. <laughs> uh, Grizz and I both know this guy, Vinny. He's okay. on... Uh, YouTube as that dude, Vinny. He actually has a YouTube. Yeah, he's got a YouTube and it's actually starting to get a lot of traction and it's not anything crazy. It's not like an intricate story. He does videos of his dog. It's some kind of hound. So he makes a lot of crazy noises and his chickens. That's it. Everybody loves it. And he's starting to get a ton of views for that. So you might not think you have a story, but I think most people probably do a really good one. I
0: also think some people watch some really weird shit on YouTube.
1: Like, Well, think about it. If you live in the city and you've never really seen a chicken that's not cooked on the table before, yeah, yeah, you're going to watch chickens. For for how long? I don't know. I've never watched a chicken video more than (laughs) a few seconds. Like,
0: dude, I'm pretty sure you give me five minutes of a chicken and I'm good. I don't need to watch a chicken anymore. Yeah.
1: That's what I'm saying, though. It's not all the Instagram glamour shots. People watch the most mundane things start to finish multiple times. It's a weird, it's a strange world.
2: absolutely is i think on like the creator side of things too an important note that I've kind of realized, at least in regards to like authenticity and you guys probably feel Mm -hmm. the same way, at least in the podcast realm is a lot of this kind of is documenting something, you know, it's documenting a moment of time in your life. And I think what separates some really authentic content online is people that are choosing to just document things and post it and have other people respond to their story that way. You know, it's less, less glamorized. It's not, you know, behind any curtains. It's like, here's what I did today. I'm hanging out with my chickens, you know, and this is what I do every day. And I bet that hits people a little differently because we're not used to consuming all that real content that often. Yeah. I also think there's a lot of people who, especially when it comes to YouTube,
0: you know, they, they have a model that works and so they're just jumping on it. And so you have so many things that are just replicated
2: five million
0: times you know just with different titles which i mean that happens in the podcast world too we we've seen it in so many ways you're sitting there like how many freaking podcasts can i have about being better at business or being spiritual and things like that it's like
2: there's a million yeah. Actually, Nick, what is your podcast about? Uh, being spiritual and just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, mine is actually how to like live a more fulfilling life. So people come on and okay. tell different stories and that it involves like, um, you know, a lot of side hustles, you know, people that are trying to figure out what their passion actually is. And also hearing cool stories. We had I had a guy on recently who, like started in Compton and ended up working for the vice president. And there's just this whole story of, you know, how do you go through tough times and hard challenges and make it out on the other side? It's kind of the main bread and butter of it. So do you have a,
1: a new guest every episode where you just talk about their story?
2: Essentially. Yeah. Every Friday, just ask a questions What's, what's your story, man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's, that's actually, That's a lot of, a lot about what we do. I mean, a lot of times we'll talk to someone who, you know, it's a specific topic. Uh, It's not necessarily like, you know, they overcame adversity. I mean, some of them are just experts in their field, but it's the same kind of thing. It's, it's more organic. It's, I like the conversations better because it's not like I'm pretending to be Oprah
2: asking a set of questions, you know, holding someone's hand and having them tear up. That's like yeah. Oprah's iconic move. You're not, you're not forcing anybody <laughs> to cry on camera for you. That's good. I'm is really to something under that. my
1: seat, Jerry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, Nick, look under your seat before you leave.
2: <laughs> I got a small dog. Is that, you put that there? That's exactly what yeah, I was supposed one, to be. There's one for everybody. Oh, there's sweet. one for you, Grizz.
1: <laughs> Grizz has one in I his have house. my dog now too. It's <laughs> crazy. That's How did perfect. you plan this?
0: There it is. Oh, wow. Wow. There it really is. <laughs> mine's not so
1: small i told you everybody gets a dog that's what happens on this show what a great cameo
2: that was That was like perfectly (laughs) timed for for him (laughs) to jump up like that
1: well nick that's just about all we have time for so how about some parting words for the listeners
2: parting words uh From the top, it's, uh, I'm not going to say from the top, make it drop, man, that sounded like I was just about to go into the WAP lyrics. I'm so sorry. Uh, (laughs) To start, uh, I just kind of want to say like, you know, anybody listening that you are valuable, you're loved and your story does matter. You 100% have a purpose. Um, And then two, please don't spend more than you make. To start, get yourself out of debt, give yourself some more options and really try to view this life as, you know, someone that has the power to to take control of the things that they want, you know, to make decisions, to create a life that you truly want, instead of, you know, being coasting from the next thing to the next thing without any say at all. Right. So stand up for yourself, make some big decisions for yourself, take some risks, but be calculated. I dig it, man. Where can everybody find your content? You can find me at Nicholas Natalie on any social media site. And then my podcast is the Nicholas Natalie show. And I'll have a personal finance course released soon. So I'll send you that link as well. If you're trying to get your money up, that sounds like a bad way to phrase that. Manage your money correctly. (laughs) I'm working on the advertising part of this, you know? You got to get that slogan
0: that hits them where they live, man. You know, tell them that they feel like shit.
2: (laughs) Do you feel like you're broke and poor? (laughs) Don't you hate money? (laughs) Yeah. That's where I'm going to leave it. (laughs) <laughs> well
1: uh thanks for being on the show it was uh you know i had a fantastic time talking to you
2: thank you guys you guys are great wonderful conversationalists to your point wonderful questions i wasn't thinking <laughs> i thought they were all great questions uh and i really like your guys' format and what you guys are doing it seems like you guys really care about you know having stories be told and caring about people and their the individuals themselves so that's awesome appreciate it hey thanks man
1: so what do you think Riz? you gonna live in a suburban too
2: no,
0: I've lived in some pretty shitty areas throughout my life and some pretty shitty situations, but
1: I'm all good. I could I could totally share a suburban with you. I'd be fine.
0: You and I would be fine, but Jerry, you have uh three other members of your household, and I have four. Well, not anymore. Oh. We're suburbanites now. Sweet. You mean I don't have to deal with all that other bullshit?
1: So it, that was a pretty crazy story, though. Oh fuck but, okay. uh, If I'm being real, I don't think I'd want to do that. No, I mean, pay off that much. debt.
0: The other thing is on top of that, which we didn't even discuss too much about in the show, uh, between his eating habits and his sleeping habits, like they're finding out now that can actually do a lot of damage.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. He probably uh, caused all kinds of cellular damage. He probably knocked 20
0: years off of his life. I mean, granted, it's those 20 years that he would have been paying for that college
1: debt in the first place, but it's fine. Exactly. (laughs) So it really balances out. Now he gets to enjoy the other 40. (laughs) There you go. (laughs)
0: Thank you again for listening to Beautiful Bastards Podcast. Remember to like and subscribe. Why? We don't know. So you're telling me there's a chance.
1: (gasps) Think of it as an adventure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh...